Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Back to America's Heroes Group, this time with a roundtable and a community outreach with our partner, Katz Malenik. Today is Saturday, July 22nd, 2023. July is American Diabetes and National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cleveland, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner with us, David Malenik. He's a CPA and president and founder of Katz Malenik Incorporated and a military family member. We're going to talk about some things that we have that, that's going to be important to you. So listen up and take notes. Rewind if you have to. If you look to us on YouTube or seen us on a Facebook, rewind. Well, how are you doing today, David? Hi, Sean. Doing great today. So what do you have for us today? So what's, what's going on in the tax world and what can mm-hmm. we do to save some money on taxes? I know that's always something that's really important, particularly for business owners, for high net worth individuals, people of all yeah. economic levels, when you think about it. Exactly. So, um, actually, I wanted to uh, tell your audience a little bit of a story. Of uh, I know I've been on here several times, and I, I've talked. I've talked about how uh, a lot of people don't even realize they're a business, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I just had I just had an example of that um, in my office recently. Um, I had a person who called me, and they were in a panic. Oh my God! I'm going to owe the IRS. I don't know what to do. Please help me. Um, So I, first off I say, okay, well, let's, let's just relax. Everything will be okay. Let me take a look at what you have. We looked into her situation. We looked at her bank statements, which she was using her personal bank statements, but we got we got that fixed for her. We got her into a uh, got her a S corporation. So going forward, no matter how much money she makes, she's not going to be hit with the self employment tax like she had been on uh, the previous returns. Um, but then uh, we actually did her books, and she was scared because she didn't know how to take proper deductions on against her income because she was making, you know, $150,000, but she had expenses on that $150,000. For example, um, one of the biggest expenses for a lot of the gig economy people, uh, Uber, for example, Uber will take out 25% of everything you make, but they're going to report everything you make on that 1099 to you. Hmm. So if you make eighty thousand dollars uber took twenty thousand dollars before they gave you a penny and those and are for so, fees for uh, what what are they taking money out of your out of your pay for if you're a, if you're a gig employee uh because they're the because they're the uh facilitator that matches the ride provider with the person who wants to receive the ride mm. so so that's just an automatic like that's their cut basically mm-hmm. and so you they can write that, that off they write their cut off wow yeah absolutely 100 percent and not a lot of people know that, and that right there saves that that can save an Uber driver 
$10,000 on their taxes, wow. depending on how much they made, of course. But I, I um, bet you almost every anyway. Uber person, every rideshare person who does this for a living does not know this. Because that's something that's so counterintuitive. A lot of these people with the gig economy stuff don't know. But, yeah, they absolutely take they take a cut, but they report the full amount to you. So, um, anyway, with this person that, that I was helping, we were able to go through her bank statements, and we were able to come up with enough expenses. Remember she was panicking about owing $47,000? Mm-hmm. We and got her to so. a $4,000 refund. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then she said, hey, can you look at, since you did so well with that, can you look at my prior year? So we took her prior year, did the same thing. We're going to get her another $40,000 back. So we got her almost $100,000 just by knowing how to do things properly. And that's why it's so important to have a good CPA in your corner looking at, especially if you're a business owner. I recommend this for all business owners. Make sure you have a CPA in your corner, a good CPA in your corner that's working for you, helping you save money in taxes, because there's a lot of trap doors out there. And that's well, just yeah, the, hey, absolutely. That's just I mean, we talked about we talked about a few of them right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know that you can deduct that service fee, you're, lo- you're, you're paying Uber's taxes for them, which I don't think anybody wants to do. Um, if you don't know that you can deduct legitimate legal expenses, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. Um, because one of the things that one of the things that helped that person that I was talking about in particular is that she had a few kids, um, and because of the expenses we were able to take, we were able to take her, even though she had a hundred fifty thousand dollar income. We were able to take her and get her an earned income credit and a and a refundable child tax credit. That was part of what she got as a refund. Mm-hmm. Was that we were able to uh, lower it to the point where she got an earned income credit and a and a refundable child tax credit. A lot so, of a lot of small um, businesses. Let me interrupt this for one second. A lot of small businesses get confused when you talk about LLC versus S corp versus C corp. Um, and, and then when it comes to taxes. So when a person goes and gets their business established or get their business uh, registered with the state that they, that, they're, that they live in, when does that come into play? When do they declare that they're a C-Corp, S-Corp, and so on? So um, that's a great question, actually. Uh, so, L- so LLC and corporation are actually legal statuses. Those are the types of entities that you can file with the Secretary of State in most cases. In Michigan, uh, they have a weird one, but they have, they have a different entity that handles it. But most states, it's going to be the Secretary of State that is going to uh, allow you to file articles of incorporation or articles of organization. And that forms a corporation or an LLC, depending on which one you, you choose. Now, um, the different tax statuses are are uh, S corporation, C corporation, partnership, and sole proprietorship. You'll notice I didn't mention LLC in there. Mm-hmm. That's because LLC is a disregarded entity for tax purposes. So if you start an LLC and you don't make any sort of election, you've given yourself this exact same tax status as you had previously. Mm. Um so whether whether you start an LLC or incorporate, though, either one of those is eligible to elect to be taxed as an S-corporation. 
which is a small business corporation. And that's really the best of all worlds when it comes to taxation for businesses because it's treated as a pass-through entity, meaning there's not a corporate-level tax, and uh, and you don't get hit on the personal return with self-employment tax, which is huge because that's 15.3% of whatever you make. So if you report a profit of $50,000, that's an extra seven grand in taxes you have to pay unless you make that S-corporation election, in which case you save that $7,000. And I think a lot of people make that common mistake as business owners because they, they file their paperwork, they file their articles of incorporation or their articles of or organization, and then they become a business, but then they're paying taxes on their personal side and they're paying taxes on their corporate side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that, that'll happen whether if you incorporate and then you don't file that S-corporation election. You, can, you then are a C-corporation for tax purposes. And you're going to get hit with the corporate level tax. Now, if you're smart, when you once you take money out and take it, you can take it as as dividends, and that's going to give you a lower tax rate on the personal side. But you're still getting hit with that 21% corporate tax rate mm. at a bare minimum. And and if you get enough dividends, you're getting hit with a 20% uh, qualified capital gains rate. You're basically right back at 37%, which is the top tax rate. Hmm. Between the two. Wow. Now, a lot of people are doing cryptocurrency, and they're, and they're concerned about how tax is going to affect that. Has any changes have occurred yet? We've had people on our show talk about cryptocurrency and some of the proposed changes to the laws and how high as tax is going to go. What's the tax like on cryptocurrency if you're investing in cryptocurrency? What do people need to know? Okay. So the way that cryptocurrency works, it works exactly the same way. Let's say you went and bought a stock of Amazon, right? a share of Amazon, and then you sold that share of Amazon. Um, you would then, if you bought it for 1000 sold it for 1200 you would pay capital gains tax of $200, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a thing that's happening out there that I can provide an analogous example. So let's say you bought a stock of Amazon for $1,000 and then traded it for a stock of Google and then traded it for a stock of Apple and then traded it for a stock of Disney, and then sold the Disney stock for $1,200. You'd still have a capital gain of $200, but all of those intermediaries, you wouldn't pay taxes on the intermediaries, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the reason I went through that is because a lot of people, what what I've seen and heard is happening is like they'll buy into Bitcoin, and then they'll take their Bitcoin and buy some Ethereum with it, and then they'll take their Ethereum and buy Dogecoin with it. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, is that, so is that similar to the wash every, sale rule? Is that what that is? Um, no. The the what what we're talking about is um, every every in between where we're not getting dollars. Mm-hmm. There's oh, no taxes. Okay. Oh, I see. Because you're exchanging. There's there's no there's no taxes in there at all. Okay. It's it's only you put dollars in, you get dollars out. When 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 you get dollars out, that's when you pay the taxes. But you have to track how many dollars you put in in order to save yourself capital gains tax. Because if you don't remember that you put a thousand dollars in and you and you sell your Ethereum or whatever for twelve hundred dollars, you have to pay capital gains tax on twelve hundred dollars at that point. Hmm. So you have so the key thing and the very important thing is that you're tracking how much money you've been how much U.S. dollars you've invested in 
whatever currency that you have. Wow. And then when people go in and are making purchases, because now they have these these Bitcoin ATMs nowadays, they have all these different things. So people need to be wary of when they're converting their, their, their cryptocurrency into cash because they might be triggering taxable events and not realizing it. They are they are triggering taxable events. If if you if you take and you sell any sort of cryptocurrency and you convert it to U.S. dollars, you have at that point created a taxable event because it's 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 viewed as a, it's viewed as an asset by the IRS. That's that's the way it's viewed right now. I'm not a hundred percent sure about what the tax law changes that are going on right now, but I know for a fact that it is currently viewed as an asset in the same way that a house is viewed as an asset, in the same way that a share of stock is viewed as an asset. And so it's taxed in the same manner, which means that if you're switching between cryptocurrencies, that doesn't really matter. You still got to keep track of how much U.S. dollars you spent on it, though. But when when you switch it back out to U.S. dollars, that's when the taxable event occurs. So how do people get a hold of you, and, and how do they, they track your website? What's your website address, things like that? Yeah, uh, you, can, you can contact us at our website at katzmilanek.com, K-A-T-Z-M-I-L-A-N-E-C.com. You can call us at our, at our office at 708-914-8220. Again, that's 708-914-8220. Or you can reach out to us through the website. We do have a contact us page on there. Uh, we usually get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. Because people are going to have a lot of questions about, you know, what they're doing. Just to be on, I always recommend make sure that you go and and get some advice from a licensed CPA who understands taxes. A lot of people get their tax advice from from sources that are not specialized in tax preparation. Tax preparation is a very specialized niche, and you have to get the right person to do that kind of recommendation. So when we talk about real estate now, as we move on to real estate, when um, so what are the rules? People sometimes are concerned, particularly if they've lived in a house for a very long time and they sell a house. And we just had this 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 crazy real estate market that's kind of changing a little bit. We had prices that were that were going through the roof this a year ago. Now those prices are kind of stabilizing, but now people are underwater because they spent all this extra money to buy these houses. And you have people that have sold houses in the past, and they might have you know we talked about uh, capital gains, uh, cost basis in capital gains. Walk us through that process. What are the what tax uh, liabilities could you have when you sell property, um, either in the short term or the long term? Okay, so um, let's start with what you talked about the people the people who lived in their house for a long time and then they decide to sell it. Um, in most cases, there's quite a bit of good news there because um, you've got a capital gain exclusion that applies if you if you are selling your principal residence. Now, principal residence, as defined by the IRS, is a home that you've lived in at least two out of the last five years, and uh, that um, the the if if you qualify for that, uh, each individual on the return gets a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar capital gain exclusion. Meaning, if both the if if it's a married filing joint return and both spouses uh, qualify for it, there's a five hundred thousand capital gain exclusion. So um, if you're someone who's just selling their primary residence and and you haven't bought a house in a long time, that's the um, that's probably the biggest benefit that you have. Um, 
in terms of selling in the short term, I don't advise it unless you really unless you really have no choice. Because if you sell in under a year, you're subject to short-term capital gains rates as opposed to long-term capital gains rates, which means you're subject to ordinary income tax rates as opposed to the capital gains rates, which only go up to 20%, whereas ordinary rates go up to 37%. Hmm. Um, and then Does there this was, change if, oh, if yeah. the business owns a owns property? Say an LLC owns the, owns the real estate, and they've, you know, they decided they want to get rid of a bunch of real estate. They've had it for seven years. They don't get any homeowners exemptions because it's a business that owns the property. So how does that work? Um, I mean, you, you're you're looking at capital gains rates, but uh, but honestly, if you're if you're doing that kind of investing, uh, what you would want to look at in terms of because because if somebody's got properties and they're getting rid of them, it's likely that they're they're wanting to get rid of them to either consolidate their holdings and get a larger property, or do something with that cash that is going to involve another property. So one way to avoid capital gains tax, and I call it the the biggest cheat code in the tax code, is Section 1031, because Section 1031 exchanges, um, you can can sell a piece of property, um, and as long as you identify within 45 days another piece of property, and with it up to three, you have up to three you can identify and then you have to close on one of those within 180 days. But if you do that, no matter what the amount of the sale was, you are not paying capital gains tax on you, – you pay no capital gains tax on that whatsoever. Wow. wow. Just so people understand, so we're talking about capital gains, so just people that can, uh, can lower the playing field, people that may not have heard that term before. Capital gains essentially is the tax you owe on the above what you paid for, for a property or for an asset. So if you, if you paid 100 bucks for an asset – and you sold it for 120. The 20 dollars is your capital gain. That's the money that you made above and beyond what you actually purchased uh, with that property, or, pur- or purchased with that with your with your, your funds. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, that's 100 percent correct, mm. and uh, that's that's why 1031 is so advantageous because you could buy a property for fifty thousand dollars, sell it for five hundred thousand dollars. As long as you get that five hundred thousand dollars invested into a new property, you do not pay capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. And you could you could keep doing that over and over and over again until you get to a skyscraper. <clears throat> a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, a skyscraper. <laughs> well, I, I always say I always say something like the Trump Tower or the or the big building, the big triangle building out by the lake. Because it's hard. It's hard to ten thirty one at the Trump Tower. Is that going to be a problem for Donald Trump? Um, I. I, I think he's got other tax problems that he's going to have to deal with. <laughs> so we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, the so the thing is, you know, at, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we talk about this as well. So make sure that you get ahead of the curve. When you're doing financial transactions out there in the world, real world, make sure that you talk to a CPA so that way you're not trying to figure out how to eliminate taxes, but you're ahead of the curve and you're planning for the taxes. We don't really do tax planning as much as we should when we're doing business. Yeah, tax, tax planning is huge. Uh, one one last thing on the 1031s, and then I do want to talk about tax planning. If you're going to do a 1031, you need to get a hold of a qualified intermediary, which is someone who holds either the money or the property until the transaction is complete. Otherwise, your 1031 exchange is ruled invalid by the IRS. Um, we can we can help we can help to facilitate that. We do know qualified intermediaries. We can't be a qualified intermediary and help with the taxes. 
But if you need that, give us a call, 708-914-8220. Again, 708-914-8220. Now, um, regarding tax planning, Actually, very we're, important. We're, we're very out of time. We've got we to come back to that next time we come back. We have about 30 seconds left, and I've got to close out this segment. David Malenik, CPA, president and founder of Cass Malenik Incorporated and a military family member, thanks for your time and all the information. You're always a wealth of knowledge. And make sure if you have any questions about things you've heard about this topic, you can go back and look at our videos on YouTube and also on our Facebook page, even on our website, americashe.org. We have David giving a ton of wealth of information on these types of tax topics and future things. He'll be back on our show again in the future to talk about more things. We appreciate your time, David. Thanks, Sean. Always a pleasure. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.